I didn't expect that talking about the most formative and sometimes traumatizing experiences of my life would make me cry. And that's on me. That's a little silly that I didn't expect that. It was a real joy to read the research that my lab has done and also revisit a lot of the stories. I've read through this book so many times over the course of writing and rewriting and rewriting it. And there was something really cool about knowing it's done. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet CEO and founder of Tunnel Vision, Madeline Pendleton, addiction psychiatrist and neuroscientist, Judson Brewer, and creator, writer, and star of the YouTube channel How to ADHD, Jessica McCabe. Tune in to hear the wide variety of friends, actors, and authors they would cast if they hadn't narrated their books themselves, and more. Enjoy! Hi, this is Madeline Pendleton, author of I Survived Capitalism and All I Got Was This Lousy T-Shirt. I wrote my book because I was looking for a way to understand money, but every single book I found seemed to be something that did not apply to how the world worked today. A lot of them were outdated from the 80s or 90s and written from a perspective of trying to amass as much wealth at the expense of all others around you as quickly as possible and kind of told us that that was the way to success. And I wanted to believe that there had to be a different way. There had to be a way for me to become financially stable without needing to be inspired to exploit and harm others. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be emotional. Okay, this is silly on my end. I didn't expect that talking about the most formative and sometimes traumatizing experiences of my life would make me cry while reading them out loud. And that's on me. That's a little silly that I didn't expect that. But here we are. It brought up a lot of emotions just because it's a very personal book. It's about my life and it's about how different experiences in my life have informed and affected my relationship with money. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word academia, which is appropriate because I had written it within the context of me saying that I was very alienated from academia by virtue of the economic class I was born into. So realizing I had been saying academia my whole life, and that is actually not at all how that word is pronounced, felt very appropriate, I think. I'm excited that listeners will hear about my absolute favorite person who's ever lived who passed away a few years ago. His name was Drew Bernstein. And on top of being the love of my life, he was just a very inspiring, magnetic person. And the world is definitely a little worse off without him here. So I'm happy I get to share his memory with a lot of people who will get to learn all about what an interesting, charismatic, and truly special person he was. I prepared for the audiobook recording by taking a lot of allergy medicine because apparently my allergies are trying to murder me. So I just had a huge, like, cachet, I guess, of nasal spray and Zyrtec on hand for the entirety of the thing. And I'm not sure how well it did. I might be nasally throughout the entire thing. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook myself, I would have cast my friend Kenna because she has a great radio voice, and we just thought it would be very funny to have Kenna talking about my life as though she were me with this very beautiful, grand, elegant voice. And she even joked about it a little bit. She was like, yes, I would love to read your audiobook. I'll be like, I was born in Fresno, California. And I think the juxtaposition of my life with her voice would have just been very entertaining. 
My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is at home, and I like to listen to them on double speed because something is wrong with my brain. And my goal actually is to be as immersed in different sources of media at the same time as possible. So I will put on a movie and I will play video games and then I will have my headphones on and I will have an audiobook playing at double speed. And I am told this is quite disturbing to everybody who witnesses it, but I just really like to pack the media in. You know, I like to have like a multimedia experience. There's a word for it. I don't think that's how they meant the word, but that's what I call it. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Hey, this song is about us, my cousin yelled, turning up the stereo in the dining room at my mother's house. It was 1998, and the new radical song, You Get What You Give, was everywhere on the airwaves. My cousin, three years older than me, was dancing around the dining room, singing along with the words. My aunt, who was living with my mother at the time, walked into the room. She had dyed black hair and wore jangling jewelry, a gothic vision floating by the dining room table. Is this song about us? My aunt asked, speaking over the music. Yeah, my cousin yelled. That part about being flat broke but doing it in style? That's totally us. Hi, this is Judson Brewer, author of The Hunger Habit. I wrote this book because I see in my clinic and in my research this huge hole that needs to be filled. And that hole is that so many people are stuck in this willpower-based approach to changing their eating habits, whether it's overeating or stress eating or any other type of eating. And my lab over the last 10 years or so has been researching, you know, how can we actually change eating habits? And we found something really, really interesting, which is that it's not about willpower at all, It's about awareness, and that was a paradigm shift for us. Our research studies back this up, and so it really seemed like this information needed to get out there into the public, not just to be read by a a few rarefied academics. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be fun. I really enjoy talking about the science of how we can change eating habits And so it was a real joy to read the research that my lab has done and also revisit a lot of the stories that were the foundation of this book, whether it was my patients or people in our program, and just to really be able to articulate their voices and really see how inspirational it is to see people change in a way that has been a big struggle for them in the past. I'm really excited the listeners will hear the stories of the people that make the foundation of this book. There are five or six stories, and each of them is inspirational in their own right. And together, they really weave together this beautiful story of change that is so hard for a lot of people. I didn't have a favorite section to record because there were so many sections that I absolutely loved, helping people kind of learn how change happens is really inspiring to me. And that is basically the whole book. Maybe it's sections two and three uh, more than section one. But even section one was fun because the just understanding how our minds and our bodies work together and how these wires can get crossed and lead us down paths that we don't want to be going down is, is just really exciting, really interesting to me. 
I prepared for the audiobook recording by setting up a home studio, which I found out absolutely required a nesting place for my cat, Samson, because if I didn't give him a place to lay down and sleep, he would be bothering me the whole time. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook myself, I would cast Judy Dench to record it. Not only am I a fanboy of hers, but she has this beautiful voice that just really exudes wisdom whenever she opens her mouth. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Jackie, a 40-something dog-loving yoga and mindfulness instructor, felt like a fraud. Even as she led her students through classes on acceptance and equanimity, she was hiding the fact that her own heart was far from tranquil. Beneath her calm exterior, she was battling a toxic cycle of shame numbed by secret eating, which cycled back and fed more shame. She feared she was losing not just the battle, but the war, the war with herself. This is Jessica McCabe, author of How to ADHD, an insider's guide to working with your brain, not against it. I wrote my book because all of the things that I've learned about ADHD over the last seven years have been really powerful and life-changing for me and for a lot of people in my community. But all this information is scattered throughout many videos on my YouTube channel, and I really wanted a place where I could actually find it again all in one place, and I could hand it to somebody and hopefully give them the experience that they would have if they binge-watched my channel, read through the comments, watched my TEDx talk, and hung out with me and had a cup of coffee. I really wanted to give them what I had found, which was this acceptance and understanding of my ADHD and really self-empowerment. What I had found was so powerful, I wanted to be able to share it with others. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exciting. I've read through this book so many times over the course of writing and rewriting and rewriting it, and there was something really cool about knowing it's done, and now the words that I'm reading are the words that are printed on the page. There's nothing I can do to change it, and now I just get to say the words that I've chosen. It was just really, really exciting to get the experience of being in a studio with incredible professionals and collaborate on this thing that I know is going to help a lot of people and know that the words that I'd written had held up, and I still felt really good about them. That was that was a relief, <laughs> actually. I realized I had trouble pronouncing different names. I collected quotes from ADHD brains around the world for this book, and it made me realize that some of the names from some of the cultures I actually wasn't entirely sure how to pronounce. Thankfully, I had a director who was wonderful and had looked up a lot of these names before I got to them, so I got to learn the pronunciation for a lot of names. I'm sure there are still a couple that I may have not pronounced correctly. If so, I'm so sorry. I did my best, and I learned that I need to learn how to pronounce more names in different cultures. My favorite section to record was the last chapter and the ending. It had a very different tone, and I hope people make it to that point in the book because for most of the book, it was me educating people about what I knew about ADHD. But at the end, I got really into advocacy. I got really passionate and emotional talking about how we change the world and what the end of my story was like. And I was really proud of how that turned out. So I'm hoping that people listen to it. I prepared for the audiobook recording by Googling how to record an audiobook. Never done this before. 
And it was really intimidating trying to figure out how to do something well when I only had one chance at it, right? Like, in retrospect, I really wished that I had a practice audiobook to record first and not, like, done it for the very first time with this text that was so deeply meaningful and important to me that I had labored over for two years. So I was you know, okay, the night before I had to record the audiobook, admittedly, but I spent a lot of hours Googling what to do. And I learned that I should have been starting to drink water like three hours before that. So I just started chugging water while I kept reading what else to do. Oh, wear soft clothing so that it doesn't rustle and make noise. Oh, bring apples. Great. Uh, I'm going to Instacart some apples real quick. It was very last minute, but I think it turned out okay. If I had to record again, I would bring Tums with me into the studio because I am pregnant, and apparently that means that nothing stays in my stomach anymore. I have acid reflux so bad that it was sometimes hard to record what I was saying because I kept needing to stop and be like, get back down to the stomach where you belong. Thankfully, Wendy, who's Bad Animals studio and production manager, was an angel and at lunch one day just showed up with Tums. So I think Will, the audio engineer, and Wendy were in cahoots on that one. (laughs) Because I was like, man, I wish I'd brought my Tums. And then there were Tums. It was amazing. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Brene Brown because I really, really love her work. And also, it would have been really cool for her to just read my book. (laughs) And if she did the audiobook recording, she would have to read my book. I also mentioned her a couple of times in the book, right? But I'd really love to hear her take on the intersection between what she talks about in terms of being vulnerable and finding a sense of belonging and the sense of belonging that a lot of people who are neurodivergent don't get to have, where they don't feel like they can be themselves and they have to mask. So I would really love for her to read my book and hopefully do some research on acceptance and belonging and vulnerability when it comes to neurodiversity. I think that would be cool. So maybe I should just send her a copy of my book now that I think about it. (laughs) The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg, which I keep going back to and listening to again. I haven't even gotten through the whole thing because it is so dense and so full of incredible information on how to communicate more effectively in the world. I love it because there are a lot of self-help books that talk about how to make life better for you, but this is about how to make life better for you and the people around you, the people you love. I think he's just creating a better world with the kind of communication style that he's promoting in that book. I love listening to audiobooks while I play video games. I really enjoy video games like Raft, where there's like a resource gathering and building game. It's a little bit mindless. And sometimes I feel guilty, quote unquote, wasting time playing video games, which, yeah, okay, I need it. I need time to decompress. But there is this voice in the back of my head. It's like, you could be doing something productive. So listening to an audiobook while I play video games makes me feel like I'm doing something productive. And playing the video game gives me something to kind of fidget with, which makes it easier for me to focus on the audiobook. It is an incredible combination that I wish somebody had told me about years ago because I love it. It's the best. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. My whole life, I felt like I was failing to be the person I was supposed to be. When I was little, my mom would drop me off at school, my hair braided, jacket clean and warm from tumbling in the dryer, quietly reading a new book. At the end of the day, my dad would pick me up, dirty, disheveled, backpack left unzipped and messy, anxiously shivering because I'd forgotten my jacket. 
I went to school looking like the person I was supposed to be. I went home looking like me. And I wasn't what anyone expected. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.